you've tuned into Bomb Proof Recovery Radio, your access to today's best addiction recovery ideas, tools, and experts. Listen in and you will learn what is and what isn't working today. Now, let's get Bomb Proof with your host, James Healy. Hey, this is James. Welcome to the show. My goal is to provide you, your loved ones, and anyone you know who needs one, a helping hand to find success in recovery so they can live the life they desire, the life they deserve. But before we get started, I wanted to let you know about my free sobriety course, which will help anyone seeking a sober lifestyle find a successful path. Check it out at bombproofrecovery.com. And hey, if if you're new to recovery and trying to detox on your own, please seek professional help and supervision if you're coming off of alcohol or benzos, because that can kill you. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to one of our supporters, The Addictions Coach. Now, The Addictions Coach is the nation's foremost network of sober coaches, recovery coaching, and sober companion specialists. If you are looking to get unstuck from your addiction and recovery challenges, get in touch with The Addictions Coach. They have been featured on all the major networks and shows like Dr. Phil, Oprah, Good Morning America, and more. The Addictions Coach is completely discreet and their programs are customized to your individual needs. Check them out at theaddictionscoach.com. Everyone, this is James and welcome to this episode of the Bombproof Recovery Radio Show. Now, in this episode, I get to talk with Karen Wallonick-Albert and her partner at Gateway Foundation um, Treatment Center, Rachel Obafemi, and we get into uh, a good discussion on how their program really customizes their treatment um, to help folks in addiction recovery and uh, definitely creates kind of an individualized and comprehensive program. Uh, all the way from initial uh, intake and treatment to a complete discharge and long-term follow-up plan. And we also talk a lot about how they are really working nowadays with the community in uh, uh, tackling this addiction uh, kind of epidemic, I guess, that's going on. And um, they have created a naloxone distribution program to help a lot of the emergency response services uh, because it can be expensive, uh, cost prohibitive for some of these smaller uh, operations to stock these life-saving drugs. And so they are helping them out with that. They've also opened some new offices, and they have also partnered with the law of enforcement um, in a, to create a new program called A Way Out that helps keep people from landing in uh, incarceration, in jail, in prison due to their drug or alcohol use and abuse challenges that might lead them into the hands of law enforcement. So I hope you enjoyed this show. It was a great interview. I really had an enjoyable conversation. And uh, let's get right to it. Thanks for joining. 
Hi, Karen. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing today? Hi, doing great. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, just to give, let's give the audience a little background on Gateway. First of all, what's the history? It's been around for a little while, hasn't it? It has, yes. Gateway is actually approaching, we're not quite there yet, our 50th year as an organization. And we are Illinois' largest provider of substance use disorder services. And I think one of the, if not the largest nonprofit company in the country. Um, we have a pretty wide footprint. We have 11 programs along the pretty much the full continuum of care throughout Illinois. We also have a residential program in Delaware, just outside of Philadelphia. And then we do in-custody corrections programs in many states across the country, too, trying to stop the revolving door of, of persons struggling with substance use from returning to custody. We want to make sure that they have access to treatment services um, while they are while they're in the facilities, and we do that in Missouri and New Jersey and Wyoming and Texas and maybe more states coming soon, we hope. Wow, that's awesome. That's super important, I understand. Um, I've helped out with some um, volunteer AA meetings in some prisons and things, and there's a huge lack of any sort of substance abuse support in the prison system. Unfortunately, there is. I think there's, there's in some institutions, a long wait list for people to get into the programs. And, um, you know, certainly it's a very important service because we know how many of our, our people in our facilities across the country have a history of struggling with a substance use disorder, which unfortunately probably led them in many cases to the situation they're in currently. Yeah, definitely. And that speaks a little bit to co-occurring disorders, doesn't it? I mean, does you guys work a lot with people who have this kind of dual diagnosis and and that's pretty common isn't it this one thing leads to another it is yes it is um very common many of our clients uh, struggle with anxiety depression uh have a history of bipolar disorder um and even experience some you know hallucinations from time to time and what we what we find very common uh obviously that their substance plays off of the mental health you know issues and concerns and if we're able to treat both things simultaneously with therapy and support, coping skills and whatnot, we're able to uh, really help the, the client in a more holistic way to manage both, um, you know, both issues at the same time and offer support and education. Yeah. yeah, I think we're making a lot of progress as a field. You know, 20 or 30 years ago, I think a mental health and a substance use disorder population were thought of as very separate. But I think what we now know is probably upwards of 85 or 90 percent of people struggling with a substance use disorder also have some level, maybe um, more chronic or more acute, mm-hmm. of, of a co-occurring disorder. And, and now the field is recognizing that we need to treat the whole person at the same time in, in one environment rather than moving people around from place to place. From place to place. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And because this is often a reason for relapse, when people, you know, they've they uh, kind of fix one thing, and then, but the other portion of their, their challenges have not been addressed, and it, it might lead to relapse, correct? Absolutely. Yep, for sure. Even taking an example like uh, someone who struggles with cocaine, they might uh, use cocaine maybe every three months or six months, 
and in the periods of abstinence feel like, oh, I've got this under control, I'm fine, everything's good. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're starting to feel like life is a little bit boring. Uh, <laughs> maybe they have a little bit of uh, depression, you know, going on and some symptoms of depression, and they feel like they need something to kind of make them feel alive again. Then they use cocaine again and relapse, and, and all of a sudden now they're in a, in a downward spiral with uh, increased depression because they've just you know, discontinued use of cocaine again. So it's a pattern, and we see that pattern with, uh, you know, any substance essentially combined with really any type of mental health uh, issues. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, and you, I understand, are very, a lot of this is based, like what we call evidence-based practices now, which is kind of a new, a new approach, correct? Yes. So evidence-based, yeah. So yeah, evidence just let us practice. know what that is and what that is for people who aren't familiar with that that term yes. or what that exactly means. Yeah. So what it what it actually is, um, you know, in in some ways, it it is um, completely informed curriculums, meaning they are based on research. Um, they've gone through a process of ensuring that. You know, if, you know, if multiple groups are facilitated in exactly the same way, the outcome will be such and such. But really, evidence-based is more in terms of uh, a clinician coming with their own experience, um, uh, coming alongside current research, uh, and being able to process that information and uh, use it for didactic discussion in order to enhance both the understanding and motivation of, you know, each client. So um, a group like uh, Seeking Safety is an evidence-based uh, group that many organizations use to assist with clients who have mental health or trauma history. Mm-hmm. And so what we find is if it's delivered in a, in a very kind of regimented specific way, then the outcome uh, can be very positive. It can be an environment where the clients feel very free and safe to share mm-hmm. some even more intimate um, you know, struggles that they've experienced in life. And so right now at Gateway, we, we actually use, uh, I think it's six or seven um, evidence-based practice curriculums. Evidence-based is also using uh, motivational interviewing. At Gateway, mm-hmm. we use uh, uh, what's called uh, mindfulness-based sobriety. And it's mm-hmm. based on current evidence that uh, the client, if they, you know, have a lapse or a relapse, it doesn't mean there's something horrible and awful and terrible and, and some terrible characteristic about right. the client. Right. It just means that there was a, you know, an error in the plan. So we go back again and we really look at what the plan was and try to navigate a different plan and plan for whatever it was that kind of slipped through the crack in, in the previous plan. Right. It also encourages them to use uh, mindfulness mm-hmm. where they are simply... Um, you're really focusing on their breath when they experience a craving or an urge to use. A lot of times when an individual experiences a craving, that's when they're then uh, triggered by things around them and they're more susceptible to falling prey to uh, relapsing. But if they're able to stop and simply breathe mm-hmm. and allow that three to five second uh, you know, emotion to kind of, you know, kind of uh, fade away. They're mm-hmm. able to not plan and plot and figure out how am I going to get in the car and get the keys and how am I going to, you know, make this work so <laughs> right. I can get, you know, my substance. So. Right. Yeah. Well, they're recognizing what's going on a little more, right? They're, yeah. they're definitely figuring that out. And this allows yeah. you as well to kind of, I know you're, you'd like to help people with kind of more of a personalized approach because every person is going to be different, right? There, some people might benefit more from the mindfulness side of things and then others might need some medicated 
uh, assisted kind of treatment or something? For sure, yes. So we're kind of, uh, we, we offer at Gateway a wide opportunity for any client of any walk of life, any, any current situation to really find what works for them. Mm-hmm. We do, you know, uh, mindfulness-based sobriety. Um, we also uh, encourage uh, if, you know, if the, if the client is, is, is wanting or struggling and, and needing something to assist with cravings, we will do uh, a detox with medication-assisted treatment, um, or we will leave them on maintenance and have them follow up with a doctor after they leave to assist with those cravings that feel like, you know, they're taking over. You know, essentially when an individual is addicted to a substance, it's, it's basically like their brain and their body is, is kind of hijacked and they're kind of held, held captive. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we offer tools for any client to be able to utilize and coping skills. We do a lot of role-playing we really try to help clients to figure out what it is that um, maybe is missing or needs more attention so that they can live sober after they leave, you know, our treatment programs. Yeah. So, okay, let's step back then. Uh, for example, how long would a treatment program be at Gateway if someone uh, were to sign up? Yeah. So, again, treatment at Gateway, it is, it is very client-centered. It is very individual. So we might yeah. have a client that comes in and says, you know what, if I don't go back to my job when I leave right. here in two weeks, I'm going to lose my job. Right. And so we, when they come in and they say, we, we give them their treatment plan, we work very diligently to ensure that they're really equipped by the time they leave. Mm-hmm. Our average length of stay for residential is about 28, 30 days. Mm-hmm. But again, it's very open to what the need of the client is, what the life situation is outside of Gateway. Yeah, like you say, a lot of people might need to get back to work or their family needs them or whatever it is. So this probably um, then goes towards your outpatient program, which I know, um, Rachel, you work with a lot of people on on the outpatient side of things. And how, how does that exactly kind of tie yeah. into someone's aftercare? Like, how long would this go on, maybe? Yeah, so when, when an individual steps down from our residential program, they can uh, come into our intensive outpatient program, which is three hours for four nights a week. And then from there, that's, mm, it depends, again, on the client and what's happening with their life circumstances. We certainly don't want to be, uh, as a treatment provider, a hindrance to them being able to move on after they've been equipped and, and gotten what they needed. But, you know, generally about a month. And then they step down to our BOP, which is a basic outpatient program. And it's one to two days, three hours um, a session. Um, and what they do in those is they really get um, really connected again. They stay grounded with mm-hmm. With the, the facilitator, with the counselor, they have an advocate in their corner to walk alongside and help them navigate high-risk situations and also do referrals afterwards. Maybe we've got a client who didn't, um, you know, uh, get placed on or, or want to be placed on medication-assisted treatment, but once they get out there and they're in the real world and they've got the triggers around them and they're really struggling, maybe at that point, you know, the counselor steps in and really supports and advocates for them to, to, to be placed you know, on um, a medication uh, mm-hmm. to support uh, anti-cravings. Um, and then also we really encourage, you know, clients to get a sponsor, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, a sponsor is really just a mentor to really help support and encourage and come alongside. And so we, we of course, advocate for that as well in our, in our outpatient and BOP programs. Okay. Uh, re- really exciting as we just um, started our outpatient program as a step-down 
from residential, be, it became so popular, and the clinicians that work with the clients are really highly favored and by the clients. And so mm-hmm. we've actually started taking a couple of clients from the outside who were not residential. Oh, okay. um, and we're also just starting to transition from uh, Lake Villa and open up a um, practice in Gurney. And they just started uh you know, demolishing basically whatever the innards of uh, of a uh, a fabulous location, and 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 in the next several months, we'll be transitioning over there. So that's incredibly exciting for what's happening with with Gateway as well. That's awesome, and I mean, this really speaks towards relapse prevention because that is, I, you know, for myself when I was first in recovery many years ago, it was this relapse roller coaster where. You know, I would find a way to get sober and get on a plan and then mm-hmm. eventually relapse. And then it was like starting over from scratch again. And it was really difficult. So, yeah. the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, again, how, how long would you, on average, would someone maybe need some sort of uh, mentoring to, you know, I guess it, it it depends on the individual before they kind of feel comfortable that they got, they got a good handle on this. I think one of the things that we offer is a continuum of care for, right. for people that we treat, you know, starting in residential, moving down to an outpatient program, stepping down to a, a less um, frequent outpatient program, and maybe even aftercare. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a very strong alumni program as well. Oh, okay. And so we do monthly alumni events on all of our campuses, and alumni are welcome to go to events on any of, of the Gateway campuses, you know, depending on which one they live more closely to. And, and we really want them to stay connected to that network as well. A lot of our alumni come back and, and help mentor some of our current clients. They run some of our 12-step meetings that we have in our programs. And, and we really want to build a network for people. Um, so they definitely have options for a lifelong program if, if that's what they need and that's what they choose to, to be involved with. We want to connect people to different meetings and groups in the community, whether it's you know, smart recovery or or 12-step support, you know, we really want people to feel like they always have a place to go because even when you have 20 or 30 years of sobriety, life's going to throw you a curveball. There's going to be times in your life, you know, you're going to need additional support. Yeah, We we see people come back into treatment after they, a spouse dies or after they retire or after their children move out of the house. Right. Um, Even though they have a a very solid, you know, program that, that they've worked for a long time and just, you know, they, something happens and, and they need some, some additional support. And, yeah. you know, we definitely always want to be that resource for people. Now, this speaks a little bit to, to trauma and its relationship to addiction, correct? Like, you can have these Absolutely. traumatic events in your life, and we're really starting to realize this now, that even as early as, as, as childhood, some sort of trauma, it could be your parents getting divorced. It doesn't have to be physical abuse or anything like that. These can lead to these events that then trigger addictive behaviors, correct? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And I think the definition of trauma is very broad. It could be right. starting a new job, moving to a new right. community. Yeah. It could be divorce. It could be a car accident or, you know, an illness. It, really, it you know, I think trauma is kind of defined by the effects that it has on the person experiencing it. Yeah, and I think we're just starting to realize, like, how long-term some of these impacts can be when we feel like we've worked beyond that that uh, bit of trauma that happened mm-hmm. 20 years ago when we were a child, but we're maybe still holding on to it in some way. So yeah, or, or it just 
comes up all of a sudden and unexpectedly and knocks you off your feet. Right, exactly. Hey everyone, this is James. I am really excited to tell you about this monumental online conference I am hosting with Dr. Callie Estes this May 23rd to the 27th. Dr. Estes is highly sought after celebrity addiction therapist, life coach, recovery coach, educator, and wellness guru. And she blends talk therapy with forward and positive change to assist her clients in unlocking their true potential. She's been featured in books, magazines, radio, and television for her work in the addictions and therapy fields. This remarkable and absolutely amazing Addiction Breakthrough Summit will reveal how to embrace and enjoy a sober lifestyle and finally put an end to the continued downward spiral in all areas of your life, health, relationships, finances, career, legal issues, and more. During this 100% free summit crammed with the latest addiction recovery success strategies, you're going to discover how to quickly feel healthy and full of energy how to repair and rejuvenate damaged relationships. You're going to find out how to avoid legal problems and effectively deal with life's challenges. You're going to learn how to tap into superior and pioneering techniques to assure yourself, your loved ones, or your clients the highest level of success, and so much more. I hope you can join me again. That's May 23rd to 27th. And go over to addictionbreakthrough.com for more information. Now, how about uh, family programs? Now, this is a big, another big key I find, along with the, the community and the social aspect that helps addicts who tend to isolate a lot of times, but also kind of creating some sort of family support because sometimes the family has maybe given up on someone or maybe they don't have a way that they they can really support the person in their recovery or communicate effectively. And you have some programs that address this, don't you? Yeah, so we, we work um, very um, quickly to get the families involved. We, we know that the biggest support that we can have when a client is you know, struggling with, you know, with coping, when a client is struggling with uh, you know, just you know, any kind of depression or anxiety within the program is to reach out to the family. It's very, very helpful to use them as a, a resource of strength and encouragement and support even to remain in the program and there was moments when they might be struggling, feeling like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, my head is clear now, I'm good, I can go. So we really try to engage clients immediately when they get here. We want to know what the plan for uh, discharge is, if they're welcome back in the home or not, mm-hmm. so that we can quickly try to um, come together, you know, pull, pull together a, a solid, safe, sober discharge plan for them. We want to make sure that um, the family who in many cases have been silent in a way for a mm-hmm. long time, kind of walking around tiptoeing on eggshells, not right. knowing what to do or what to say. It gives them an opportunity to come together and finally just share it, but not in a critical or judgmental way, just to be able to share their feelings. It has a significant impact on the family dynamic and healing. 
It also allows the client to come and, and, and make amends in some ways for some of the, the things that they've done. But we also do a lot of education. We want to make sure that uh, the finger's not being, you know, pointed at the at the other, you know, and there's not a lot of blame, but that there's an opportunity for 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 some misunderstandings to kind of come to a head, for real honesty to be able to be explored, and then mm-hmm. really some more education about what the addiction is and and how it kind of just hijacks in many ways the person and 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 their lifestyle. So we have face to face family sessions. Uh, if a family member, you know, lives far away, we can also do those, of course, via phone or conference. Mm-hmm. We also offer opportunities on the weekend, each weekend, for there to be a formal education for families. We also do medication-assisted education in that point. We also want to make sure that all uh, family members are aware of, you know, what an overdose looks like. So we do education. We bring out uh, some of the uh, medications that can be used to revive a client if they were to leave from our program and relapse mm-hmm. uh, and start to uh, expire. We also want to make sure that there's some real opportunity for them to interact and engage in a casual way and feel that support again. And we find that it's very helpful uh, to have such an active uh, family you know, program uh, on our site and for our clients. They look forward to it, and we really have an opportunity to see them you know, sitting in a, in a, in a discussion with their family and kind of afterwards, you know, pull them aside and, and talk with some of what their experience was and to process it and, and, and work through some pain if it came up or mm-hmm. also gives us another opportunity to really focus on some other dynamics that might be helpful in resolving some issues that they might have to avoid relapse, you know, because we haven't, you know, necessarily looked at them. So we want to make sure that we do before they leave treatment so it's not a setup when they go home. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because family dynamics can really take a hit with with uh, the whole recovery process, with the whole addiction and then the recovery process. Uh, it's, it's great. So um, uh, you talked a little bit there about... Um, with the aftercare with the sending uh, drugs that might help someone if they OD and that sort of thing. Now, I know you're under, uh, involved in a new distribution program that's helping get some of these out there into the community, a little more available. Is that correct? Yeah. Actually, here in Lake County, Illinois, we Gateway is part of, with a number of other organizations, our Lake County Opioid Initiative. And mm-hmm. it's an organization that is kind of a, a task force, so to speak, that's come together and we've been working as a group over the last four years. And one of the initiatives of our group is to get more naloxone out into mm-hmm. our community. Um, our health department here in Lake County has helped all of our, our law enforcement officers carry naloxone kits. Mm-hmm. And since we launched the program um, almost two years ago, we've first responder law enforcement officers, not even including the paramedics and and the hospitals have reversed over a hundred overdoses. Oh my in gosh, that's awesome! Yeah, um, we have some. There's been a bit of a shortage on that, isn't there? Yes, um, fortunately, we you know in Illinois we were able to pass the Heroin Crisis Act, which okay. helped make this medication more available. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our national pharmacies are now stocking it. It's available here in Illinois without a prescription. And I understand other states are are following suit. And so, you know, Gateway also wanted to look at what could we do 
to help make this medication available for anyone who needed it. And so we did a fundraiser here recently oh, cool. in November just to help us kick this program off. And because um, some of these medications, depending on the delivery system you choose, are, are not cheap for people that don't have <laughs> right, insurance. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the auto injectors are $500 for a kit. Um, the new nasal version is, is a little bit less expensive. It's around $100 for a kit. And so... Um, so we did a fundraiser in November, and we were able to raise almost ten thousand dollars with support oh, wow. from our Congratulations. local community. And, yeah. and uh, we're going to start distributing naloxone and making sure that everybody that may need it, whether for themselves or somebody they know or someone they pass on the street, um, so we have this more of this life-saving medication available. That's awesome. Plus, it gives you a great kind of connection with the community. They they get to see what's going on and what sort of good you're doing and um, they get to feel a little a little better about this you know, you, know, you hear it in the news so much this epidemic and crisis and and um, everyone's wondering what's what's being done about it so it's great mm-hmm. that you're doing something i love it yeah we're fortunate to be part of a, a really great collaboration here in lake county that's cool now if someone wanted to to chat with you all at uh, at Gateway, and I'll be sure to have the phone numbers and the the website address on the show notes and that sort of thing, you do offer just free consultations for individuals or families or anyone with questions and and that sort of thing, don't you? We do absolutely. We have a twenty four hour helpline, mm-hmm. and the number for that is eight seven seven five zero five hope eight seven seven five zero five hope and someone will answer that number 24 hours a day they can help set up free screenings confidential assessments Um, you could be connected directly to rachel or i you know if you had questions on anything that that we might have shared today you know we certainly will be available for for anyone that that we can help and um and also there's a lot more information on our website at recovergateway.org okay awesome and what uh, what do you see? What's got you kind of fired up? What do you see coming around the bend? That's really kind of something that you see was going to help. Um, you know this this kind of uh, addiction recovery crisis. I don't I don't want to keep using that word, but it's definitely um, impacting a lot of people right now. Well, I'm sure Rachel's got something too. But the thing that really has me fired up right now um, that's happening in our country, which I think. Um, it could be a little bit scary is is there's a lot of talk about repealing the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. And the Affordable Care Act really helped a lot of people struggling with substance use disorders, whether they have commercial insurance through their employers or Mm -hmm. whether they purchase the plan off the exchange or whether they're part of the Medicaid expansion, really have access to treatment. And if the ACA is repealed without something similar, improved, better, I'm all for better if if there's something (laughs) better out there, Um, but simply repealing it with nothing in its place, millions of people overnight are going to lose access to treatment that they so desperately need. So that's something that's got me really fired up, and and I'm talking (laughs) to any legislators that will take my calls or emails right now. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing. I agree. I agree. Rachel? Um, So I would say, just like you referenced a little bit before, this show is intended to really try to remove some of the stigma of addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, when I go out in the community and I speak about, you know, substances that are currently trending and and how to really help and support individuals who are in recovery or starting it from hospitals, you know, I really, you know, my heart is that 
the stigma would be removed. And, and, and when, I, when I go out and we talk and I ask for a show of hands, anyone who's been, you know, affected personally by a loss because of addiction, every hand goes up because mm-hmm. we all know someone, whether it's a very close family member or someone that we worked with. Yeah. You know, we all know they're, they're, they're normal human beings um, that, uh, that were created to be lovely, and yet they've been completely hijacked by this thing that, that has no other purpose but to, to, you know, snuff out their life and, and to destroy them and everything around them. So I, I get really excited about new findings and research about, about the brain, mm-hmm. about, um, you know, about addiction itself and how that kind of overtakes the individual because I think it really separates the person from the disease. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that I, you know, more recently feel you know, really excited about continuing to go out and educate and, and remove that stigma even more. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, you don't know how many people I talk to about if they ask me about the podcast and I tell them what it is and if it, they, everyone's got a story about themselves <laughs> being mm-hmm. addicted to sugar or whatever it is mm-hmm. or a family member or a friend who passed away or whatever it is. It's just, it's everywhere and it's just, it's so good for us to be able to talk about it openly so that people can... Not uh, be afraid, and, and they don't keep it hidden, and they'll they'll ask for help if they need it, even if it's not for themselves. It might be for someone they love. So that's great. All right, a couple questions about you, ladies, individually. What do you like to do for fun there near the lake? Is you go to the the beach? Not this time of year, but. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say I have a boat and I just fly around <laughs> right. all the time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, do for fun. Yeah. Um, so I, I have I have three kids. Uh, one's ten, seven, and four. So that's a lot of fun. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I listen to music and dance around the house and have fun with them as much as possible. That's awesome. I am also personally writing a book. My goal was to write it in 2016, but I didn't finish it, so I'm still working on it. So that's very enjoyable to me at the end of the day. So. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Good luck on the book. Thanks. <laughs> so like Rachel, I have two little kids. Mine are four and almost seven, and uh, they are a lot of fun. They're They're growing and doing new things and lots of activities, and so definitely a lot of family activities when I'm not here at work. I recently took up running after I turned 40 to try to get back into better shape. So, so right. that definitely has been a, a, a rekindled passion of mine. So <laughs> right. That's been a lot of fun, taking a little bit of time for myself and, and getting healthier again. Um, and I also just recently started teaching at a local community oh, cool. college, teaching our substance use disorder counselors of the future. So that's a new venture of mine um but so far it's been a lot of fun and and i really enjoy you know kind of impacting people coming into the field with uh some of the things i've learned in in more than 20 years in behavioral health treatment that was so cool yeah i used to teach high school and it is it's pretty fun it's great to see minds being turned on to new things and the questions that get asked and that sort of thing I totally get the kid thing. I have a three and a half year old, and so my life, uh, my idea of what's fun is a, in a different kind of realm, and uh, it's usually a little slower. Mm-hmm. And you don't go quite as far, but we'll still go for a hike or 
a little this morning we went sledding and that was fun that was a lot mm-hmm. of fun so well awesome again that's uh your website is recovergateway.org correct correct and we will get that phone number and the website on the show notes and get it out there to everyone and I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing what you're doing there and and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll provide some great resources for folks who need it thanks again great thank you. thanks so much for having us and for doing this show oh you bet anytime okay bye 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 Thanks for listening to Bombproof Recovery Radio. For show notes, our free sobriety course, and more, head on over to bombproofrecovery.com. Here's your story, let's begin. The water's fine, come on, dive in. The future's here, it's right before your eyes. Step by step, you're on your way. Welcome to a brighter day. Don't you know it feels good to be alive? You could be alive. You're cool.